0: To I love that for you, the podcast celebrating the late bloomers and trailblazers of all walks of life. I'm Red. Now I'm Kelly. And oh boy, so we are. Oh man, it's been a while since I started with a oh boy. <laughs> I know that was the famous thing for like. The yeah, first I used to start episode. every episode yeah. with a oh boy. boy, and we're back to it. We're back to it. I am a little excited. I'm a little I'm so excited. Oh no, don't. Well, be. because we were talking about our goals earlier in the year. At the time of this recording, we're not too far into January, but I apologize for my voice because I don't know what's going on. Thankfully, I'm testing negative for like everything, but my throat is just completely dried out. I think it's because it's adjusting to the dryness of the winter season and coming in and out of places from my apartment to going to spin to getting things ready in anticipation of school. So with all of that and talking and meeting new people, can you tell my voice is a little...
1: (laughs) I mean, I couldn't. If you hadn't said anything, I don't think I would have noticed. (laughs) Oh, well, thank
0: you. You're very kind about that. But how are you doing? How's 2024 treating you so far? Uh, Let's
1: see. We've gotten more followers, subscribers, so we're already killing it on that front, Red. We're uh, we're growing the
0: podcast.
1: Uh, Absolutely. And thank
0: you all for doing that. We are so excited to see this community grow and more people listening and people help spreading the word about us. You guys are just so kind we love you yeah so, really seriously you. I
1: feel the love Brad. I feel good things coming so <laughs> um, we'll see and then what What else was my goal uh, be kinder I think I've been pretty kind to of myself what is it be bolder well it's too early to tell but we'll see if I do something crazy because I'm supposed to become you this year if you don't forget right. like I'm supposed to be the chaotic like wild one you're supposed to be more stable so TBD on that one and the town just started deciding to work right around now so too early to tell on selling projects but make Strides getting read yeah. by the people. well, hey, listen, many, many we're people.
0: still in the winter season, yes. so things are yes. slowly coming to life again. We're not quite to spring, so give it a little bit of time. Totally and understand that.
1: So when you do your yoga with Adrian, because I'm doing mm-hmm. the 30 day challenge, are you doing her 30 day challenge? Or are you just doing any video of hers? Because I'm no, I'm, I'm going I'm to
0: do the 30 day challenge, but okay. I'm so waiting until it. it's done, and then I'm going to start it later in the year because okay. right now with school about to and everything else. I just didn't want to overwhelm myself trying to add yet another thing into the mix. As right. So many other things start. I'm giving myself a little bit of grace. I will do the 30 day challenge. I'm just going to do it a little bit later. But yeah, I will be following along. I will into warn you. It.
1: Day six was a motherfucker. Like she did six pack abs and mm. I was in so much pain, Red. I don't know if I'm just out of shape, but it hurt like a motherfucker. But other than day six, I think it's obvious. Very doable and I love her. But then I go over to yoga with Charlie and she's this British yogi and hers are a little more intense. So she has really? a 30 day yoga challenge as well. So I'm kind of doing both concurrently. My
0: so, God. I
1: know. I know. I'm an overachiever. What can I say? I'm <laughs> impressed. I'm going to be very flexible and very sore very quickly in this year.
0: <laughs> and then it's all going to well, go down. Well, again, there. be kind to yourself. Uh, exactly. Don't yourself up too much. And exactly. that goes for physically too. So careful yes. there.
1: <laughs> yes. But I'm so excited for you to show me like what, what is in the cards for the rest of the year, Red. Yes, like, I'm so- literally, oh, because so- we,
0: well, as people may have heard, one of my goals is to continue to practice tarot. It's something that really brings me a lot of joy when I do it. And I've done a reading for Kelly before. And so good. So- so good. Well, thanks. I tend to be a very optimistic reader. We're going to go so into different. it because this episode is focused on Tarot and the person we're going to focus on in a little bit is related to Tarot very significantly. So, Ooh, before, I have no idea. Oh, fortunately, you- <laughs> a lot of people don't know about this person, so huh. I'm very excited to shed a little bit of light on them. I'm worried that the
1: bad thing, is that a bad thing or are they controversial?
0: We'll see, we'll see. Okay, okay, okay. Sorry. however, before we get into that, I Thought it'd be a little fun if I do a little reading for both of us Ooh. and basically looking into the year ahead. But before we dive into that, I want to do like a really quick top level discussion about tarot because I know it's yeah. a little unknown. For yeah. a lot of people. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions and it's a little taboo. I think by shedding a little bit of light, people may be a little bit more comfortable talking about it, a little bit more curious. So tarot's actually been around for centuries. Like huh. early references to it go back to like the 1440s and 1450s. What? When I say historical. What? I'll go way, way back. Yeah, you really
1: did, over a fever. (laughs) (laughs) I did not think it was that far back.
0: Well, that's because also when it was first started, it was a card game for a long time
1: and actually
0: you can see why it's considered the direct ancestor to modern day playing cards that's because basically tarot is made up of two kind of arcanas arcanas meaning like mysteries of life kind of that sort of thing there's the major and there's the minor and the minor arcana make up 56 of the 78 cards and there are four separate suits there's the cups Pentacles or coins, sometimes they're called swords and wands. But in modern playing cards, we know them now as hearts, diamonds, spades, and clubs.
1: Mm.
0: And there's only 52 of them because it seems like they may have combined the pages and the knights into jacks. But yes, oh, okay. there are queens, kings, and aces. Huh. And then the major arcana is considered more of like the trump cards, like the, in the sense like they're very powerful. Basically, they are considered like the major life events versus the minor arcana, which are more of like the everyday. But the major arcana disappeared entirely from the modern deck of cards. Okay. But it's interesting because tarot actually wasn't associated to fortune telling until like the 19th century. Huh. Yeah, so there was a shift that came around in that time. But other than the cards themselves, they really don't have to do with the medieval card game. So you can trace it back, but it had an entirely different purpose. Oh keep everything I'm saying with the entire shaker of salt because like, <laughs> I've been studying them for a few years, but I'm still very much a newbie. And me. I think tarot is very subjective to the reader. Fair. So in more traditional tarot, as I said, they represent the really big moments in a person's journey. So this is where you'll see the cards like the lovers, death, strength. There's 22 of them. We definitely can't go into each one of the cards because we'd be here all night. Um, yeah. <laughs> The minor, as I said, represent more everyday moments in a person's journey. And <gasps> each suit has its own significance, too. So this is kind of silly, but I kind of refer to them as like the Hogwarts houses.
1: <laughs> That's good. No, that people will know that. Um, Which house are you, by the way?
0: Technically, Pottermore put me into Gryffindor, but I feel like yep. I'm more of a Hufflepuff.
1: Oh, Hufflepuff, cause... I think, is my heart. Yeah. <laughs> well, so
0: going back to the cards with this. Yes. Cups are like Hufflepuffs, in my opinion. They're <laughs> basically tied to like the emotions and the feelings, like watery, like that kind of just your cup runneth over. They're all about the feels. Love. Pentacles or coins are like Ravenclaws. They're very grounded. They're focused on the logical, the material items of the world. Wands are like Gryffindor. They're like that fiery, creative, strong will. And the swords are like Slytherin. They're intellectual, but kind Kind of in a cutting way, they're gonna tell you some harsh truths, which some people love and some people don't. I personally don't think there is such a thing as a bad card. It's just about interpretation. So the media okay. really likes to play up like stuff like the death card. They're That's like, what I was Whoa. gonna ask you. I
1: yeah. be like, is that doesn't does that literally mean death or is that like an interpretation of something? Else? I
0: mean, it can, but oftentimes death is more about like the end of a chapter and on to the next. I oh, mean And well, then you've, you've
1: had a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, that has
0: come up often. But if you look at the imagery, you see, like, yes, death coming. It's like a skeleton riding a horse. But in the background, you see it's moving towards a sunrise. There's something... A Next new horizon. On the horizon. Yeah. Got so it. okay. like it's like a transformation thing. card. So I like that. I get a little bit more nervous about like the tower card because that one is literally like lightning bolts hitting a giant tower and people falling out of it as it's on fire. But again, that's because it is a sudden and unexpected change and a big okay. one. Sometimes that doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing. I know somebody who pulled the tower card when they were talking about their current relationship, and it was because it turned into a a very significant relationship and they're married now like Aww. it was a huge unexpected transformation because she was like oh yeah i just started seeing this guy like you know very casual no big deal and then it turned out to be a much bigger deal in a way that she didn't anticipate so again it's about interpretation again, so it could there, all
1: be positive
0: i try not to be the bearer of bad news but there's jokes sometimes about how oracle cards those are different and they'll be like oh you need to focus on being more positive there's going to be some changes and then tarot will sometimes be be like you in danger, girl.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh god! I'll just be a little blunt. Oh, no.
0: But there is so much to go into all of this. This is all very above the surface. I, it, there's so much more you can dive deep into. And for more of an education, I can't recommend enough looking into resources like local tarot salons where you can practice and learn from others, classes, books. My personal favorites are the Modern Witchcraft Book of Tarot by Sky Alexander. That doesn't mean it, it's necessarily tied to witchcraft. It's just the title of the book. Stevie would Um, love it.
1: Hey, Stevie. Yes. Hi, Stevie.
0: (laughs) And Modern Tarot by Michelle T. You can even find more contemporary resources like podcasts. Michelle T. actually has one called Your Magic and social media. I personally recommend looking into Biddy Tarot, B-I-D-D-Y. If you look them up, they actually have spreads you can practice. They constantly have information about the different cards. And like I said, I don't think tarot is necessarily witchcraft. Yes, modern day people who... (laughs) identifies witches do use it for divination but people use cards like this all the time for other purposes like writers use it for storytelling kind of brainstorming inspiration business people will use it for brainstorming as well and psychologists have used them to kind of open dialogues with patients kind of like thinking of them almost like the Rorschach or inkblot test where they're like showing the cards and like hey what do you see here
1: oh interesting
0: Yeah. So I like to think of it as spicy psychology.
1: I like that. I will use it eventually. I'll tell him to get it through. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) I do consider myself like a little witchy. I wouldn't say like I'm fully a witch, but I'm just someone who's very open to a lot of different spiritual and religious ideas. Kelly, I know, you know, I get a little hippy-dippy at times. I love it though.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, you're like a good amount. Like you're a respectable amount. You're not too, you're like right in the middle.
0: I think yeah. there's some truths to all different kinds of spiritual practices and religions and things like that. I basically see tarot as like a form of self-care. I love I, that. Oh wow. Yeah, That's really good, it's it? a way I, to check yeah. in with myself and it kind of gives me a little clarity to what's going on in my life. And when I read for people, I Always let them know that my readings are not your future set in stone.
1: Thank God. But even yeah. though I hope it's good. I'm nervous that it's going to be bad. Right. But <laughs> so well, remember that.
0: If you <laughs> don't like what I pull, it's only for the path that you're currently on, which means if you don't like it, you have the power to change it. Like, uh, of okay. course, correct. anything I pull. Yeah. Okay. And again, it's that check in. It's that ability to be like, OK, do I like where I see things going and what can I change to make things better? I With like that. that being said we're going to do a reading. So what? listeners, you're getting the abbreviated version because we're going to be editing this down a lot, probably. And we're going to do a New Year's seven card tarot spread from my Wandering Fool tarot website. And really? basically these are what the cards are going to mean in their positions. So we're going to pull seven cards. The first one being the main theme of the new year. Second card will be the parting energies from last year. Third will be talents you will be expressing this year. The fourth Fourth card will be future opportunities. The fifth being upcoming obstacles. Sixth is how you deal with the upcoming obstacles. And then the seventh is how to achieve your goals and dreams.
1: Ooh, I like these. Yeah. So this is going to be some fun. Uh, So you ready, Kelly? I'm so excited. Ah!
0: All right. To kick things off. Basically, I already pulled for myself earlier today. I have my lovely spread out in front of me. So starting things off, the main theme of this new year is the world. This is a huge card to pull.
1: Amazing.
0: <laughs> I was really excited when I saw this because literally the world is like the end of the journey. Oftentimes they talk about how it actually represents the completion of like a story, a chapter, a graduation. Oh my God. Could this be anymore? <laughs> <laughs> That's literally you. I was really excited to pull this card because again it's kind of like coming into your own the end of one journey getting excited about all of that that's my main theme for this year so i was very excited to see that
1: spot on
0: now then we pull the eight of wands
1: and the gryffindor yes so again (laughs)
0: it's about kind of like that creativity all that fiery will things like that so this is the departing energies from last year. Now, what you can see here is that the wands, it kind of looks like they're airborne. A lot of things moving in midair. Oftentimes, this represents travel, change, all those other things. So, huh, hmm. for me, last year, having a few things suddenly changing, shifting, traveling, doesn't at all sound like me at Not all. Not at
1: all, right? Not at all. Oh, my God. It's just, wow. Already two for seven.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So then number three is the talents you will be expressing this year. And I pulled the seven of pentacles. As you can see, there's the pentacles. Sometimes they're called coins. And that's typically like a lot of times people see this card as kind of the reaping what you sow. The things that you've put in work towards. That's going to be the things that kind of come to fruition. So I think this is hopefully going to represent all the different creative projects that I I've been working on from the podcast to makeup to the Substack, all those different things, kind of expressing and showing that talent ah. for all those different things, all those different fruits of labor, kind of letting that come and fully blossom. Ah. What I really like about this one, you're going to laugh, because then for number four, future opportunities, I pulled temperance. I know sometimes people hear temperance. They're like, you're going to cut back on drinking. No, 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 my friend. Uh, I will be enjoying the wine. No, temperance in this regard, it's almost about finding that balance. Oh my As the cups kind of flow back and forth between the two, it's about finding that ability to kind of have this peace, this tranquility. That's like the future opportunities that seem to be like, here is a chance to be more at peace, more at balance. Oh my gosh. Now, <laughs> uh, a heavy one coming up oh is upcoming obstacles. And as you can see, oh no. Quite the obstacle. Brad, I don't like yeah. this. So, this is the Three of Swords. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very much about heartbreak. Oh no. Um, no. Upcoming obstacles, kind of emotional pain, a little bit of heartache. I could see this being like kind of coming to terms with things of the past and an obstacle being something like letting those past pains not affect the future,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: which is actually kind of perfect because then how to deal with the upcoming obstacles, I pulled the Knight of Cups. Now, as we talked about, cups are all about emotions and things like that. It's a knight in shining armor. On literally a white horse but instead <laughs> of charging ahead he's simply carrying this cup and not charging ahead but slowly steadily hanging on to those emotions having that cup be open kind of up for the offering so when dealing with the heartache and that pain it's kind of saying to me the way to deal with that is to still even though it's a bit guarded look at all that armor it's still having that openness to have those emotions and move through it, travel through it, steady, understanding like that pain is fair and it is valid, but still having that openness to being true to what those experiences are. Oh. So ultimately what then comes to achieve your goals and dreams. I love that oh. I pulled this. I love this card. Here is the full, the start of a new journey and just being open. It's so funny that the whole theme of the year comes to like full circle, but it starts at the very beginning with the fool oh. where it's kind of just taking that leap of faith as you can see like literally about to literally. jump off this cliff dog? and this dog's like what the yeah. hell are you doing yeah <laughs> so yeah it's literally having That openness, that, okay, I'm taking this step. I have no idea where it's going to take me, but just kind of going for it. It's not that he's going empty-handed. He carries this knapsack or like this rucksack, however you want to call it, with him. So I'm bringing the things that I've already learned from the years past. Like we talked about, there's been a lot of change, a lot of travel, a lot of things. So I'm bringing that with me. And while I may not know what lies ahead, it's just moving forward and kind of taking things as they come.
1: Red, like that could not have been the more perfect spread
0: I was so thrilled with seeing those cards come out so I was excited now
1: Kelly oh no I'm nervous
0: (laughs) oh no no do not be nervous isn't this wild you get to kind of see me shuffle I'm really excited so There's a lot of debate about doing like, you know, readings over phones and things like that. Because normally, like, you know, I like to have the person cut the card for me, kind of get like their energy on it, that sort of thing. I'm just doing a quick clearing. People will tap the cards like that just to kind of clear it of any past energy. So I want you to be thinking about these seven ideas. When it feels right, tell me when to stop shuffling. So just think about that for a moment and then let me know. Okay, your theme for this year, the main center card. I love this card. It's such a, obviously, People who are listening are going to be like, what what card should you pull? I pulled the six of cups. So what you're seeing here is this very like innocent, this very sweet, this very tender scene of a little, what looks like a depiction of like a little boy handing like a little girl, some flowers, and there's all this stuff blossoming around them. I think this is a very sweet like sign for the year ahead. What's kind of poetic is like you've been saying about being kinder to yourself, being more gentle. Uh And this could not be a more gentle, kind, again, cups tied to emotion and the feelings. It's just a very uh, soft and lovely card. Uh, I think this is really beautiful. For- so
1: accurate already right being kinder was my number one was my number one goal
0: right so oh my gosh the departing energies from last year again we have another cups card coming in and this is the 10 of cups what i like here for you is kind of again departing energies for me when i say departing it's energies that while they're Leaving, they're not entirely something that you forget about because here I feel like this is your happily ever after. It kind of looks like that kind of card. This is the part where it's like, okay, you got married, you got your MBA. Now here's the part where it comes after that. So what comes after? Uh, So uh, the talents you're going to be expressing now. Again, this
1: this is the death death card. card. This
0: (laughs) is the death card. But like I told you, so even though he's coming in. You can see right over here, hard to point out, but there's the horizon and there's the sun beginning yeah. to rise. So, I think for you, the talents that you're going to be expressing this year are going to be something that's going to be very transformative for you. I think there's going to be this new chapter hmm. where you're going to be maybe even uncovering talents that you didn't even realize you have yet. Hmm. Something that you're going to be expressing, maybe exploring a new path, something like that. And then oh it's funny because then you, for your future opportunities. Ah! You got the eight Looks of familiar. wands. Yeah, I know. So again, yes. it's those things of movement. So there's a lot of things happening, these future opportunities where, again, tied to travel, there could be something, as we know, wands are tied to creativity, the ability to like be strong-willed and things like that. It's very fiery. It's very like exciting. And there's movement happening here. Wherever these talents that you're getting, like again, kind of transformative, are coming through and it's just like this forward motion. There's a lot that seems to be coming your way. I'm kind of getting this impression like these are coming towards you. So, uh, Ah. girl, get ready.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Red. This is exactly what I want to hear. So,
0: again, now we're talking about upcoming obstacles. And I feel like – so here, once again, hi, Seven of Pentacles. (laughs) What's oh God, up? So funny. But I feel like What's for up? you, it might be the upcoming obstacle is while you've planted all those seeds and you're starting to see things blossom. It's not entirely like completely different, but I feel like it's saying. An obstacle maybe, where like where you rest on your laurels, like what you've done and kind mm. of just sitting back and watching that. Mm. And instead, the next card of how to deal with that is justice. This is a major arcana. It's a big move. So what's kind of funny to me, this is my interpretation. So, But I feel like it's telling you here that you have to be the one to take charge and be bold. Like this is literally like, look at this what? dude, like literally having <laughs> the balance here. And holding the sword like this, like this is someone who is taking, like justice doesn't mean necessarily like justice in like a legal sense. Justice can also be for yourself. It's for your morals, but just being able to kind of form the decisions for yourself. So instead of just resting and being like taking a passive role and watching all these projects coming to fruition and things like that, I think it's telling you that you have to, while keeping things in balance, take charge. Mm -hmm. So, again, I know this card looks a little bit like, what the fuck?
1: What is
0: this card? So this is the nine of wands and basically how to achieve your goals and dreams for those who can't see this. But basically what is happening here is there is a person who is looking rather worse for wear a little beat up <laughs> yeah, um a, a little, little
1: suspicious me last year yeah yeah me last well, year well <laughs> i
0: think that's the thing i think it's telling you like here's all these opportunities coming and i think there is a little bit of wariness that you have towards them and i think it's telling you not to forget like your past scars those things that you carry with you but still you're not backing away from these opportunities i think it's telling you yes you see them yes you remember getting beaten down a little bit, <laughs> but that doesn't mean you can't keep standing tall. Like this person has not been knocked down. This person is still standing there. And while all these things look daunting, they're not dropping the stick. They're not dropping the ball. They're still continuing onward. They're still standing. So I think that's my interpretation of it, that it's telling you in order for you to achieve your goals and dreams to, yes, remember the lessons you've learned, but also not be ready to give up yet and keep going.
1: Red read so you could not have done a more spot on joke. well like we will every, see
0: because obviously no, this really. is for the year ahead but i feel like this is a very good reading for you i feel like Whoa. this is very exciting for the year ahead Whoa! and again i'm sure it. some people are going to have different interpretations and i welcome them i really do i want to hear what other people think what you see i do know there's a bunch of different people who I've learned tarot with, and I would love to hear from you guys and just see what you think. And with that, we're gonna dive into our person. All right, so now that we've done our readings, Kelly, you feeling okay?
1: I'm feeling amazing. Holy shit, you were so good, Red. Like, you were spot on. I knew you would be.
0: I'm just very excited for this year ahead for both of us. I love what the cards are saying. So for me, I feel like I do not need to really change course. Um, (laughs) No. I'm excited for what lies ahead for both of us. This is going to be a very exciting year.
1: Absolutely. I feel much better. I feel much better about my future. (laughs)
0: future. Yeah. Speaking of feeling good about tarot, (laughs) I wanted to talk about someone very much tied to the subject because, as you may know, there's a lot of different tarot decks out there. The most well-known and well-circulated is one particular deck. There's a lot of varieties to the name, but most people know it as the Rider's Weight Deck or as I prefer, the Rider's Weight Smith Tarot deck. Hmm. It was created in 1909 and other decks may have entirely different designs to them, but a lot of them use this deck as the basis for creating their own. And they lowball estimate that there are well over 100 million copies in circulation currently in over 20 countries. Like that's how popular this deck is and it's one of the most well-recognized aspects of the cards the reason for that is actually because of one person and this person doesn't often get the recognition they deserve and in fact we almost lost them to history because they were so overshadowed by the men involved in tarot it literally was their signature on the deck that would help ensure they didn't completely disappear And that's because I am talking about the mysterious British mystic, writer, publisher, occultist, artist, and illustrator, Pamela Coleman-Smith. Also sometimes called Pixie, the woman solely responsible for creating the artwork on all 78 cards. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. I think she might be one of our first artist illustrators yeah like we've had animators and things like that but i think she's our first oh wow and she actually may be our most historical figure yet
1: what
0: yeah i will we'll have to double check this because i think she has some competition but she was born february 16th 1878
1: yeah, I think
0: she might win. <laughs> she
1: might win. <laughs> she may win. Maybe her and uh, Freya. I don't know.
0: It's tough. It's going to be a toss up there. But yeah, neck and neck. So she was born the only child to a New York merchant, Charles Edward Smith, who was the son of the mayor of Brooklyn at the time, and Corinne Coleman, sister of Samuel Coleman, a famous painter and daughter of children's book author Pamela Chandler Coleman. So we're going to call our Pamela Pixie her nickname because obviously with being named after her grandmother also named Pamela Coleman it gets a little yeah dicey got it long story short Pixie was born to a very wealthy family that also loves and support artwork and theater, a.k.a. any artist's dream upbringing.
1: Yeah, seriously. Mm. This doesn't happen too often.
0: No, exactly. Get a job. So, Get a real job. Yeah. But it was interesting because actually growing up, she also traveled a lot. She apparently split her childhood between England and Jamaica. Huh. Wow. And you're like, really? Jamaica? <laughs> and yeah. And because of that, she actually became familiar with the folklore of the West Indies. Yeah. Yeah, Her heritage has also been up for some debate. Some people have said she has Asian heritage. Some people say Black. But like I said, she's a very mysterious figure. So nothing's ever been definitively proven of her heritage. Like I said, she was lucky enough to be born into a very artistic-minded family. And at the age of either 15 or 16, again, a lot of her life is lost to history. So we don't have all the definitive details. But they estimate that it was around that time that she was enrolled in Brooklyn's Pratt's Institute. Which is known for being a private university for creatives. Now, this is where it gets a little sad because, unfortunately, Mm. about a year or two later, her mother passed away. And by the time she turned 21, her father also passed away.
1: Jesus.
0: Leaving her orphaned at a relatively young age. Despite this sad turn of events, Pixie was a very busy and very interesting young woman. She studied a variety of styles of artwork. They said that she was particularly interested in like Japanese kind of style artwork and things like that. And she had her first opening in Brooklyn at only 19 years old.
1: What? Overachiever much? My God! Right? Wow. She also you.
0: would go on to illustrate 20 books and she was apparently known for churning out beautiful artwork at a very quick pace, which is very important later copy she would also publish her own works she founded a magazine actually two magazines devoted to female writing folk and fairy tales hell yeah and she traveled with a theater troupe all over illustrating designing and constructing sets
1: wow she's got a lot going for her right (laughs) all over the place every realm
0: so while she would permanently settle eventually in england her work was typically more popular in the US, and her artwork was very well-reviewed on both sides of the ocean. Literally, there's tons of rave reviews, and she was quite a figure in the art community. Okay, this is a part I thought was so fascinating. So, she is reportedly a very early example of someone having synesthesia. What?
1: Oh, my gosh. I just heard about this on a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: for (laughs) those that don't know, this is basically where the brain wiring kind of gets a little rerouted, where it engages multiple senses at the same time. For example, people will link colors to numbers or letters, or they can taste words. It's really cool. Just like it's... Like, it fires off certain synapses, so all of a sudden you're kind of experiencing both at the same time. I've seen a couple of people on, like, TikTok and Instagram who, like, oh, here is this person's name in color. Huh. And they'll, like, design artwork around it and things like that.
1: Whoa.
0: So, from what I could find, she apparently had it so she could see sound as color. Oh. So a lot of her artwork was actually tied to music. She called her pieces sonatas, overtures, things like that. And she used to allegedly sit in corners at concerts and draw the music.
1: I love that. Like, oh,
0: isn't wow. that a beautiful That's idea beautiful. where it's just like, so she's like literally seen it as it's happening. So then... She has the ability to actually draw this out, make these pictures of music or oh what, gosh. in her senses, is music in her sight.
1: That's so fucking
0: cool. Oh, um, but she gets even better because the her. other thing I read is that she used to throw the best parties.
1: That's my girl. There we go. Yep. <laughs> they were
0: called, quote unquote, famous parties.
1: Famous parties.
0: Uh-huh. Well, that's because she established a studio in London and she would have weekly salons for actors, artists, writers, storytellers, and so many more just come over. By the way, I'm talking historical salons. This was like a way for like women in particular in a time when they didn't really get an education. This was where people would gather and they would discuss ideas or read different works or they just have these open dialogues. And they seem so fun. Like, can we bring these back?
1: Seriously, why have they stopped?
0: (laughs) Come on. Basically, like, imagine just hanging out with your other artist friends, drinking wine, and be like, well, we're gonna read Shakespeare now. You get this part, you get this part, let's go. And like, you just like, have some fun with it, or like... Drunk book club. (laughs) Oh, exactly. I was about to say what book club isn't drunk. Anyways. um, (laughs) So Pixie in particular was described as having an infectious sense of fun. And she would often wear these orange robes and tell stories in the Jamaican style and dialect her local nanny had taught her.
1: Oh, would that be problematic?
0: I think when they say dialect, I don't think it's accent. I think she was using like terms like that sort of thing. But again, I don't know. Yeah. And this is a long time ago. So more than likely, it probably was. But again... (laughs) I think it's also because her nanny taught her to say it this way, that either it's a very mean thing to do to a child or she's trying to share her culture. And here is her continuing to do that by sharing the stories in the way she was told. So again, it's that kind of old school form of storytelling where it's literally passed down by word.
1: I love this. I love this.
0: Yeah, she would use toys and different structures and costumes to enhance the stories too. And she had these physically elfin and exotic looks. She's just like such a cool... But,
1: oh! Whoa. Right? <laughs> She's so fun! She's got so, kind of like mischievous look in her eye.
0: She apparently welcomed the description that was published about her saying she was a goddaughter of a witch and a sister <laughs> to a fairy. Like... That's amazing. Can I live this like rich boho life that she's got
1: going for her? about this. Whoa. What a badass. I love her.
0: (laughs) So like I said, she attracted some very interesting people to her during this time such as actress Ellen Terry, impresario Henry Irving. You might know this other guy. He was a writer called Bram Stoker.
1: Oh, who? Ah. Bram
0: Stoker. Anyways. um, No big deal. And William Butler or WB Yates, Yeah, but it's Yates who's actually credited with introducing Pixie to the hermetic order of the Golden Dawn. This is where we start going into like the occultism, that kind of stuff, which again, I know it has a negative connotation. Basically, during this time, there was a really big interest in spiritualism. And the Golden Dawn was kind of considered this secret magical order devoted to the study of metaphysics, the occult and the paranormal. And there were rituals and other magical practices. It's often credited to helping pave the way for like modern day Wicca and other similar practices. Kelly, I'm not joking. It drew a lot of interest from a variety of people. Like Alistair Crowley, who that's kind of a given. Listen to last podcast on the left as they deep dive more into Alistair. Oh, yeah? He's an interesting figure. He's oh, a little problematic, kind of pushed the boundaries. But again, without that kind of exploration, it's kind of hard.
1: <laughs> Self-proclaimed drug and sex fiend, Alistair Crowley.
0: That's Exactly. He, he's he's an interesting character. I highly recommend listening to last Whoa. podcast on the left because they really deep dive into his life. Whoa. But also they drew the likes of, I don't know, other literary figures like, I don't know if you remember this guy, but Sir Arthur Conan Doyle.
1: What the hell? Shut
0: up. But if you think about <laughs> it, like there's often like mysticism in some of the Sherlock Holmes books. Right. If you think yeah. about it, yeah. Often he proves it wrong, but like again, yeah. he does incorporate those elements into it. But the most important person to Pixie was the member Arthur Edward or A.E. Waite. He was Wait. a Freemason, writer, and mystic and was a Grand Master of the Hermetic Order. So basically, he had a vision for a reimagined tarot deck and approached the now. 31 year old pixie to make his vision come to life he basically helped with the concept he was more focused on the major arcana and he honestly seemed pretty disinterested in the other 56 cards (laughs) which is like great that's super helpful so even though he helped with the concept pixie's actually the one credited with making the imagery and that it's really all her own and kelly this is where I'm telling you that quick turnaround, she (laughs) made all 78 images using ink and watercolors in six months.
1: Shut up. No. Six
0: months from April to October 1909.
1: That's ridiculous.
0: And honestly, like, if you look at the cards, I know we looked at at them a little bit. There's so much of her in the artwork, the vivid colors, the lush scenery, the elaborate costumes, as you may remember. Some of them, the lack thereof. There's a couple. Some of the cards are even theorized to be theater scenes because you can see the background of the cards look almost like backdrops or flats. They really do. You can see like the line at the bottom. So she's credited with making the cards so much more accessible because people could actually interpret more and understand and relate more to this imagery than the previous imagery associated to like the past tarot cards. The meanings that Waite had conceptualized really came to life through her artwork. So, Kelly, here is where we remember the patriarchy sucks. Oh,
1: God, what now?
0: First of all, our girl Pixie was only paid a nominal commission for doing this artwork. All of this. She described the commission as a big task for a very small payment. She also received zero royalties for her work. <gasps> Mm-hmm. no
1: always get the royalties girl i mean again
0: she I it know. was such an honor to be approached and to do this i and, get it and wow. then on top of that for decades the deck was called the rider weight deck after A.E. weight and the publishing company
1: oh, Fuck. i hate, like, this. I hate this. way to suck I hate fellas just completely like Christ.
0: keep the artist out of this
1: really overachieving on your suckiness.
0: Only three years after creating this artwork and after a brief stint living in New York for a couple years Pixie decided to quietly withdraw from the life she had built. Basically this is around 1912. She's like 34, 35. She basically mounted her last art show. She ended up converting to Catholicism and after inheriting some money she bought a home in I believe it's pronounced butte it's a town in county cornwall england she moved there with her friend and longtime business partner nora lake pixie would never marry or have children and while it's speculated that nora and pixie were romantically involved for their 30 plus year relationship due to their private nature it's never been officially confirmed though it hasn't stopped pixie from becoming a cult queer icon. God,
1: I was gonna say trailblazer. Right? <laughs> that's honestly kind of awesome. that's amazing. So
0: like I said, it's really hard to know much about the rest of Pixie's life because she decided to become so withdrawn in private. She apparently made money off renting her home out to priests as she stopped making artwork. But she also became involved with the suffrage movement as well as the Red Cross. And while there's not a lot of images of her, the ones that do exist from this period in her life show it's rather quiet. But it's full of female friendship. Like there's this great one of like a group photo with her and her actress friend and Nora just hanging out in like their garden. It looks like maybe the steps of her home. It just looks like a very peaceful kind of existence. So it's wild how we really don't, we don't have much information for the rest of her life because what I have next is that at the age of 73, yeah, so we're missing like almost 40 years. Jesus. So she quietly passed away with very little fanfare. Mm -hmm. While some articles say she was penniless, she actually, from articles I read, it said that she made enough to pay her bills and to get by. However, she seemed to have forgotten to pay her income tax. Oh boy. So when she bequeathed her home to Nora after her death, it didn't really amount to much once those debts were settled. Oh, so, no. whoopsies. She's yeah. like a
1: real housewife,
0: <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> once again, this almost was the end of Pixie's story, if not for her literal signature. She passed away in 1951, and it wasn't until that same year that the basically 400-year-old Witchcraft Act—yeah, that was actually a law—act. You could be punished for doing any form of witchcraft.
1: Gosh. It wow. was on the
0: books since 1951. So like 1551 Whoa. for 400 years. Whoa. Finally, it got appealed. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, this probably uh, isn't as big a deal as we thought. But I'm huh. like,
1: why didn't she get caught before that if it was in place? Like this whole occult Well, that's stuff. the thing. So. Oh, okay.
0: Basically, at this point, that's when the tarot decks could be more widely published. So while they were being distributed amongst like a very private kind of group because they feared getting persecuted for it, it, I think the law would be very harsh on it because they are a little bit, you know. reserved about these kind of things. So after that point, that is when people started really picking up on this. So despite the original artwork apparently being lost to time, like the original sketches, the ink, the watercolors, if you look closely at the cards, you can see the symbol on almost all of them. I'm looking now. There's like this little serpentine figure. It's kind of similar to, I think it's called the the Caduceus. But I don't
1: think I see it on the fool.
0: Oh, because that's the only one it's not on.
1: Of course it is. Yeah,
0: that's the only one. Funny (laughs) enough, that's the only one it's not on. I'm looking at the Queen of Wands. So if you look, you'll see like a little staff and there's like a little serpentine wrap around it. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That is Pixie's signature. So as this whole wave of people are discovering tarot and playing with it, they're like, what does this part mean? What does this symbolize? And that's how suddenly people realize, wait, that's the artist's signature. Who is this artist? And wow. that's when a whole wave of admiration surged and her artwork started being put on display again in museums and galleries. They're like, right, oh my God, what happened to her? Right, her artwork. We used to write about her. She was like a big deal in the art scene. That's also when the writer wait deck started being called the Rider's Weight Smith deck in ah. honor of her contribution to the cards. And she has even been hailed the Queen of Tarot for making the cards so much more accessible and, let's be honest, beautiful for everyone ah. to enjoy. Ah. So I found this really beautiful line from the book Tarot of Change, where they describe the cards as a book of 78 secrets that reveal themselves over time. And I think the cards also serve as a beautiful story to Pixie as well. It's a wildly colorful creation with so many secrets. We can only hope that with a little respect and practice, we keep her memory alive and do better for artists, women, and people one page or card at a time. Correct. So, uh, I oh. wish I had more information because, my God, she is so fascinating. He's, and. He's- like I knew of her because obviously the artwork and it's come up Whoa. as I was studying tarot and how different people were so interested by this artwork. And again, this deck has served as like the main foundation for so many other like there's literally like tarot decks based on TV shows. Like I know a friend of mine has a supernatural tarot deck, but people typically base the artwork off of what this is. And I think a lot of times when people are starting to learn tarot they're often directed to this deck first because it's kind of the jumping off point for a lot of people. The one that I and know. Yeah, it's the one that a lot of people are most familiar with. When people say tarot, this is the one that they picture. Wow. Again, I'm speaking in a sweeping generalization, so I'm sure there are others out there no, who are like- No, everyone. <laughs> right. So oh my God. I just it's love so this for her. Adorable. It's so sad that we almost lost her, like her story. But again, I feel like there's a part of her that didn't really want this huge attention. It sounds like even when she was having this crazy bohemian life, while she was telling these stories and stuff, it doesn't sound like she was someone who was like, I need to be the center of attention. It was more, I want to tell these stories. And now you tell your stories. And now this person tells their story. Like, it sounds very communal, which I love.
1: I love. I mean, oh.
0: Let's bring I, back just salons in general. The salons sure, they could be tarot. General. Tarot yeah.
1: salons, any salon. Just bring them back. Exactly. Oh let's, my God. Let's bring back
0: like these parties where we just all like get hang drunk. out, <laughs> get drunk by candlelight and talk about art and talk oh. about new ideas and put on shows for each other. And just, I don't know. I just, I love that idea. And you could bring guests in who would talk about like their profession and their particular subject that they were so knowledgeable about. And I'm like, no. you have to like pay to go to a lecture at a university and all this other stuff where this used to be like in someone's home in someone's studio i feel like we need to bring that back i don't know bring it back yeah bring
1: it back with your tarot salon because you have so much time
0: right (laughs) i mean not enough on my plate already not
1: at all i want to know what happened in those 40 years i'm very curious
0: i think honestly i think she might be one of the few examples where during that time she just enjoyed her life for the quiet and that kind of stuff uh, granted I dug as much as I could I think I have one two three four five six seven eight Jesus nine, 10, Christ, 11. Yeah, there's like there's Too like many. 12 or 13 articles that, and again there's so much more and I know there's there's books and things like that and I wanted to dig in more but she's just a very mysterious figure I also feel like there's a part of her that wanted that privacy so
1: I love that for her <laughs> I love yeah. everything about I mean her. I, I love no all idea. of
0: this and like girl 78 Eight portraits in six months.
1: Crazy! I can barely write a script in that time. Like, and it should be less. Let's be real.
0: (laughs) And it's not like these are like stick figures. She's drawing and things like that. Like these are intricate drawings, and there's so much symbolism. And it's so much fun to play with them and interpret them. And like, what's great is like everybody sees different things within the cards, and it's about how. Your perspective, again, helps you interpret what's in front of you. Like the way I interpret is going to be different than someone else. And it's not to say either of those ways are necessarily wrong. If that's what you honestly see, that's what you see. Now, granted, I feel like if someone were to pull like the fool, the one you were looking at and they're like, well, I see here, basically all I see is just blackness. And it's like, that is the most yellow card I've ever seen. But you know what? If that's what you see, like, because yeah, some people you. are like, oh, doom, because they're like, look at this guy about to jump off a cliff. That's valid. <laughs> yeah. Some people may see that and there's different meanings and you can learn it. But I feel like what registers with you is fair and valid. And I encourage people who are curious. You don't have to. But if you are curious about tarot, no, you must. please, Kelly. <laughs> see. Fine. You start it. Start learning tarot.
1: Start learning tarot. That's your new You're revolution. like, no, I'm
0: going to just go to red and have her You're read gonna... for me.
1: Learn tarot, and you're gonna learn sign language with us.
0: I always encourage people to try new things, discover new talents. Kelly, this could be your new talent that you discover. <gasps> the transformation.
1: Wait, wait I kind of love this. All right, you, you've sold me because <laughs> I love it. I really do enjoy it, and I do want to learn more about it. Why,
0: Why not? I mean. What this is? All in all, I have to say, Pixie, Pamela Coleman-Smith, I love that for you. I Ah, love, and I love doing tarot. It's my form of self-care. We are toying around with maybe eventually starting a Patreon. If we do, maybe one of the tiers would include a reading from me, if you would like one. She's really good. I can uh, vouch. We're also open to other ideas. What other things would you like from the podcast? What would you like from this community? How can we get involved? How can we make this available? And again, we are a podcast that we write, research, review, edit, produce, all of it. We do it ourselves. So that's why we're thinking about opening the Patreon so that all of that goes towards supporting this. And we put in a lot of hard work into this yes, podcast and do. it's a having job. that support <laughs> would be so amazing. It, it just would mean the world to us. So if that is something worth exploring and you might be interested in, let us know. Reach out to us on socials, any ideas that you may want. We love hearing from you guys.
1: We do. We really do. And rate, review, subscribe. Yes, I believe
0: it's in the cards for us. For that to
1: yes, happen. yes, <laughs> we love that for you. Alright.
0: My Bye. voice is about to die. All right. So we love you, guys love you guys and we will see you next week. Next week. Bye. Bye. Busy old son. Don't
1: go away. I want you to stay. Thank you for joining us on I Love That For You. Our theme song is by Vaudeville and used with permission. Our cover art is by Jenny Lamb. edited to the best of our abilities by Kelly and Red. If you want us to spotlight someone, have questions, or just want to say hi, email us at ilovethatforyoupod at gmail.com or join us on Instagram at I love that for you pod to join the love fest and see what else we get up to. Episodes are available on Apple podcasts, Spotify, basically wherever else you listen. We appreciate all your love. And if you want to help support the show, please rate review and subscribe to the show on Apple podcasts. This helps us spread the love and reach more people. Thanks for listening. We love you.